the city of splendors, crown of the north. But sometimes you're investigating a bar slash detective's office from a clue over a hundred years old and discover that not only did the patrons of the bar kill and resurrect the guy who just tried to kill you, but there's also a huge fleshy construct in the basement which is then possessed by the spirit of the bartender. And we have no cleric. Ugh, only in the South Ward, right? Anyway, the folks up in the Castle Ward call it the City of Splendors. To everyone else, it's still just water deep. So, we have a special guest on the podcast today. I want to start off by welcoming Cage, playing her character, the character she developed, Catra Jade Buckle. Um, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, first, just to recap the last game, you all survived your fight in the bar. Celine disguising herself as the blacksmith uh, and finding out that the bartender had killed the blacksmith to raise him as a revenant and send him after the Waterdeep Detective Agency. Uh, you defeated the bartender, who then turned into a spooky ghost uh, and descended into the floor where... Moments later, you heard the mighty roar. Jason, you know from being down there that uh, there was some sort of corpse pile and flesh construct in a um, Frankensteinian workshop, laboratory, laboratory even. Um, So as we pick this game up, mighty roar, shaking the beams of the bar and before you have the chance to react um, this flesh construct shatters its way through the floor and out one of the walls into the streets of Waterdeep Oh! and with lumbering ground shaking strides makes its way out into the neighborhood. Oops. Do we have time to give chase? Yeah, it's large and noisy enough that um, you can hear it. Uh, and the the trail of terror, uh, which I'm just now realizing is something I've always wanted to say and have never had the opportunity. <laughs> um, <laughs> the trail of terror, as it makes its way through the streets, you can hear it. Uh, and Jason, you don't even need your um, 80 passive perception. It's <laughs> just everyone hears it. They know where it's going. Max will come up from that little stairwell and say, uh, did that thing leave? Yeah, Ledger will go tearing after it. And he's fast. He has a, his walking speed's 40 feet. So he should be able to keep up and at least be able to see where it's going. How fast is this thing? Not quite as fast as Ledger. So Ledger might be able to catch him? Yeah. Well, I think Celine will take off her hat because she's tired of this disguise. She's been Foss for a little too long, a.k.a. also Ross. Uh, and will just sort of look at Max for a second, but not say anything, and then also take off running. She's got a 30 feet walking speed, so she can probably catch up if she dashes cool thanks for leaving team small behind you guys you were so much slower <laughs> you're so little ledger has that barbarian speed bonus so i imagine him running like the police officer in t2 <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no. It's like Cougar Town. Tom Cruise Run. Yes. Yeah. Blade Hands. Definitely. Selena's doing Tom Cruise Run. Chop the air to make yourself faster. <laughs> it's aerodynamic. Max is going to Naruto Run. <laughs> Ooh. But effective. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian will slowly hop. Because <laughs> he's still a toad. <laughs> what is the toad yeah. speed? I believe it's a 20 foot hop, but I'll check. Oh no. <laughs> That's actually like a pretty decent hop, though. Didn't you change into something else when you busted into the bar? Were you still a toad? No, I, I'm out of wild shape. Oh, that's right, because you tried to swallow that guy. I'll swallow this thing, too. <laughs> that's way against CDC guidelines. <laughs> that's way against CDC guidelines. Still my favorite. Yeah, 20 foot, speed, 20 foot hop speed. Okay, so we've got... I love it. I love this, like... Insane. Yeah, I. If this is this is where I wish we had like animators and stuff because I, what I want is like a banner that just scrolls through this the entire time. It's like a gif of everyone running. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ledger doing his Terminator Two run. Celine doing her Tom Cruise Karate Chop the Air run. Max Naruto running <laughs> and then way behind them this frog with derpy eyes <laughs> <laughs> just hopping down the road okay um, so uh, uh, Celine and Max uh, are able to keep within visual contact of Ledger um, Doran you are able to keep within uh, visual contact of of Celine and Max uh, and Ledger, you get the opportunity to, uh, if you'd like, you can harangue this thing a little bit as it runs. You can make a couple of attacks uh, as it's just it's just forcing its way through trying to get out of here. What direction is it going? South. Yeah, if it's running, Ledger's going to make a relentless attack. Uh, be a 19 and then he has a plus 6 to hit, so 25. Yeah, that'll do it. So the first one will hit for 10. How many do you think I'll get while this is running? Two. You'll get two. Okay, so it'll also take fire damage whenever I'm near it. Because Ledger's still in a rage. He never calmed down from the last fight. There was no time. Great. That'd be an extra three from that. And does a 16 hit? Yeah, it does. Then it would be um, nine on the next one. Plus the three, so... 12 more. Cool. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, like a bunch of maniacs, you're chasing this thing through the streets <laughs> of Waterdeep. People are jumping out of their, uh, your way, um, just trying to avoid the, you know, freight train of rotten flesh and pop culture references that are heading their way. Uh, and before you know it, you sort of, you, you burst into, uh, the dock ward. So this thing has been just pounding its way down these main streets. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's late enough that there are very few people out, but the people that are out, you know, now have a story to tell. And it leads you on this chase into the dock wards. Um, so you can now, this is a familiar territory for you. The water uh, and the ship's kind of still in the distance. You're more in the, the warehouses that lead into the actual dock portion of the dock wards. 
And it seems to be the monster uh, seems to be uh, more agitated with Sam's attacks and finally turns around as if to make a stand. And so the way that we're going to do this is we'll do one combat round with Ledger and the monster. uh, And then in the next combat round, we'll add uh, Max and Celine. And then in the combat round after that, we'll add... Um, a very tired Doran. <laughs> uh, toads don't get tired. I think they do. No. <laughs> Relentless. <laughs> it's so tired that it might need a toadstool to sit on. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Ledger, go ahead and roll your initiative. Eleven. Um, okay, so the monster is going to go before you, Sam. He turns around uh, and in a furious rage makes two attacks against you with his, you know, monstrous cobbled together fleshy hands. Meat fists! I'm even grossed out by the thought of that right now. 16 against your AC. That'll hit. Okay, and uh, before I roll damage, I'm going to do his second attack. So just another clobber with these big meat slab hands. (laughs) Slab slap. Yeah, and that's higher than... He's not even closing him into fists. He's just whacking you with, like, dead open hands. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna slap you with my dead open hand. <laughs> <laughs> so his first his first slap uh, deals eleven damage, and his second thirteen. So just like these colossal thunks of just open fisted slaps. I'm real happy I put that armor on. So Ledger, uh, he's in a really bad spot because he's actually raged so much that he doesn't have that in him anymore because he was enraged throughout the run. And uh, then he just takes these two massive hits that send him reeling backwards. And he actually, for a second, sits down on the ground and looks sort of dazed, like, <laughs> just to himself, what what's happening here? Uh, but he kind of clutches the side of his head and, and gets up, and um, his longsword fell when he got slapped, so he grabs a dagger and just sort of makes this half-hearted lunge at it with the dagger. And uh, his attack roll with the dagger is an eight. That misses just barely. The the huge, um, I feel like I'm saying fleshy too much, but that's really the only way to describe this thing. Just manages to lumber out of the way. It's not even a dodge. It's a, a you know lumbering shift of his weight that takes him just out of the range of your dagger. Ledger will sort of stare at the dagger for a moment, confused because he's still coming out of getting clobbered but he'll uh he'll take one more stab at it that will be an 18 and that'll hit it'll hit for six okay great as it looms over you uh seeming to not really notice uh your your dagger strike a hand axe flashes out of the darkness and uh at the beast so um cage go ahead and roll your attack (laughs) 
Uh, that's gonna be an eight. <laughs> and it misses just wide, just over, just over that side. Yeah, over the monster's head. No advantage for just coming in out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't. We're not playing that game. Uh, <laughs> over its head, uh, and like. You, you just hear the whooshing of the axe as it disappears back into the darkness. Clattering. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wouldn't you just know it? Fortunately, Katra has a second hand axe and two attacks per action. Great. <laughs> so she's going to sling another one in that direction. Uh, and that would be a 15. A 15 will hit. Oh, dope. Okay. So that'll be for six damage. So that one embeds itself in the chest of the construct. Um, and it rears back and looks over ledger uh, towards the, the, the origin of the hand axe and sees this dwarven ship captain perched atop a cask of ale (laughs) having just that's why she missed the first one right hurled (laughs) uh two hand axes at it um so now we're in we're gonna start the second round of combat so max and celine you guys go ahead and roll initiative it's uh 15 on the dice for max so 18 total oh yeah nat 20 so 23 don't worry, the effectiveness always goes down when I try to actually hit something. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, Celine, you go first. All right. Well, having just come up on the entire activity that she's seen unfolding in front of her and noting that Ledger somehow ended up on the ground, she's not going to chase right into the beast right away. Um, she is going to do one of her Ray of Frosts at it first and see uh, how much damage she can do from afar. Great. So. Ah, it's not enough. It's a 12 to hit. That hits. Oh, it does hit. Woo-woo. An 8 plus another 8 plus 4. So that would be 20. Cold, wonderfully frostiness. Good lord. (laughs) So just as everything is looking really grim for Sam, (laughs) Ledger just got clobbered and thinks that he's doomed. And then a tiny little hatchet goes and embeds itself in this thing's chest. (laughs) And then a blast of freezing cold frost hits it full in the face and just rips the flesh off of its face. So it's just now this like cobbled together skull face looking down. But, Celine, you notice that several of the pieces of flesh ripped away land on the street near you, and... <laughs> she picks up a couple of them without anybody noticing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> As a bonus action. As a bonus action. <laughs> a free action at this point, probably. <laughs> right. Celine would spend the entire turn doing that. Yeah. Let's just... <laughs> Even if it, it if it weren't a free action and Ledger were in dire straits, <laughs> I'll be I'll be right there. Oh, hold on, just one second. This is really important. Please, it won't stop punching. I promise me. I'll help. <laughs> um. All right. Following Celine, Max, your turn. Uh, you watch the the ray of f- frost rip its face off, um, but it's still. Uh, does this uh, does this big construct look like it's got a lot of fight left in it? 
It looks bloodied. I'm gonna I'm gonna forego insightful fighting because we've got uh, both Celine and Ledger up on him, and uh, I'm just gonna go for the crossbow shot. So that is a um, 13 on the dice, so 19 to hit. Yeah, that that is that is sufficient. Okay, and uh, because they are adjacent, I get sneak attack damage. So let me get all of my d6s. <laughs> That's a lot of dice. So satisfying. So we have a, a six, a four, a four. A five and a one. So that's 20 total for Max's crossbow bolt. And as a bonus action, Max is going to kind of lean up against the, the air ale barrel that where Captain Jade Buckle is sitting and be like, Hey, the long time no see. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, hey, uh, uh, looks like we got a, got a big old beastie on our hands, hey? <laughs> yeah, the long story. We'll, uh, we'll tell you after this fight. Catra oh! <laughs> takes a sip of beer. <laughs> Scimitar in one hand, <laughs> flagging in the other. <laughs> yeah, that first hand axe is making more sense now, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm loving it from the perspective of the monster. Like, it, it's getting chased. It turns around to fight Ledger hits him twice, does all this damage, and then gets like, like a little, eh, like a, eh, and he's fine. And then all of a sudden, pummeled from every direction, crossbow bolt, ray of frost, dealing 40 damage in a single turn. The water deep dicks can bring the heat when they need to, <laughs> or the cold. Um, okay, now it's the monster's turn. Sam, unfortunately, you're still the only one the monster can hit. Nine against your AC? Ledger sort of stumbles out of the way. <laughs> All right, and one more, one more giant meaty fist coming at you. Corpulent, corpulent fist. Ooh, uh, 22 against your armor class. That'll hit. Nine damage. All right, Ledger is still up, but um, stumbling a bit. Yeah, everyone else is just hearing big thuds as this thing beats on Ledger. All right, and now it is... Catra's turn. Uh, so after having seen uh, this beastie uh, pummeling down on Ledger, Catra uh, will finish off her flagon, wipe the suds off her face with her long beard, and set the glass down. Uh, and she's going to rage. And she has storm aura. And so when she rages, there's like this like stormy aura that kind of goes around her. Um, and when I rage, creature within 10 feet of me, uh, of my choice, has to make a DC 14 dex save um, or take 1d6 lightning damage. Okay. Choose me, choose me, choose me. <laughs> Uh, I will choose the the big beastie as, as the, <laughs> sorry Max. He yeah, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're learning a lot about Max in this game, the I guess. Conduit secret do you have? Yeah. Just like hoping to like touch it so you're like the little railrod thing that. Stop talking about my railroad. (laughs) (laughs) Family show. Family show. He fails his save. Uh, Okay, so 
he takes three damage from that. The lightning that strikes him seems to invigorate him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interesting. You think this is an appropriate ope point? (laughs) As if he... (laughs) (laughs) Ope, would you look at that? (laughs) Sorry about reinvigorating the monster there. (laughs) Well, uh... Let's just let's just try out this sword then, hey? Uh, so then she's gonna come after it with the scimitar then. Uh, go ahead and roll your attack roll. Uh, that is thirteen. Yeah, that'll do it. Dope. Okay. And that will be nine damage. Nine damage. The scimitar seems to invigorate him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. It actually does nine damage. You run up and in your in your drunken stupor you hack like a, a chunk off of it. Dinner. <laughs> oh no. It's already crispy from the lightning. Now I know why Celine liked Catra so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with a little ale and a little uh, meat to go with it on the side, right? No. Definitely nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, so then she'll do extra attack and uh, slice again with a scimitar as well. Uh, so that's 22 on the die for the second attack. I'm sorry, what? To hit. 22 on the dice? To hit. Oh, I'm sorry, on the die. <laughs> 16 on the die. 22 total. Cage might be using loaded <laughs> dice, you guys. I'm like, what's happening As in here? loaded with two extra sided dice. Am I not supposed to be rolling a D100 to hit? <laughs> uh, sorry, 16 on the die, 22 total for the second uh, yeah. attack. That will okay. work. That'll do it. And so that'll be uh, seven total damage. It is looking real bad now. Exposed bone all over the place. The the street looks like Celine's dream scenario. There are just <laughs> hunks of meat that have been hacked <laughs> off of this thing all over the place. And it's just, it's reeling back. Ledger, blood running down your face into your eyes from the meaty impacts of his fleshy hands. And I'm doing it on purpose at this point. Ledger's particularly shocked because the way that Catra just attacked is the exact same elemental forces that he uses, and he's never seen anyone ever do that other than himself. (laughs) So, in addition to being beaten into a stupor, he's now questioning whether what's happening is even real. But nonetheless, he's going to lash out at the monster because that's sort of all that he can do. It's all I can do. Uh, first attack is a 10. That'll hit. V for four. And the second attack is a nine. Ooh, it just hits. Just barely. And that'll be for six. It is just enough damage, Sam, that this thing takes one more lumbering step before it just sort of falls apart. Max will yell, catch the ghost! <laughs> Is this the point where Doran just like hops up? Yeah, at this point, <laughs> I'm here. Doran just gets there. I made it. How's it going, guys? Ledger is black and blue, and Doran's like, What? Whew. I'm very rested, but... <laughs> yeah, so it, it 
hits the street and the green glowy ghost thing zips away. Catch it! Doran will leap into the air and eat it. Make an attack roll. <laughs> oh no. Yes. yes. Oh my God. Swallow it. That's a 15 on the die plus four with the toad is the 19. Okay, give me just a second, Brad. Because I wasn't anticipating this, but we might be able to have some fun with it. Yeah. Oh, man. The ghost possesses the toad. I've made mistakes in my life. Ghost toad. Catra's probably, like, looking around like, oh, I think I've had one too many flagons today. (laughs) Well, Max streamed to catch it, you know. Yeah. I did. He's the boss. I am. And the toad does have quite a bit of reach, so I mean... A ten-foot vertical leap. All in all, very believable at this point. (laughs) Got it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) He's just excited about the sound of that meat. I mean, think of meat pies and... (laughs) Bread. Make a wisdom save. Oh, dear. Uh Oh, Oh, no. He's, He's a druid. He's fine. All right, here we go. Ooh, I rolled good. 24. Oh. 18 on the die. Nice. Ooh, okay. I wasn't really anticipating that either. <laughs> not that not that Brad would roll good, <laughs> just that he would roll that good. So predictable. You didn't get 22 on the die? <laughs> I tried really hard. <laughs> okay, Brad. Um, so you, you feel yourself, you feel this entity that you consume as the toad war against your mind. So you've leapt up into the air, you've swallowed him, and then you feel the presence pushing inward against your own. And it's trying to bind you. It's trying to wrap you up in your own mind and subsume your consciousness. You feel all of this happening, but with your decades of druidic experience, this feels amateurish. And you're able to not only overcome this attempt at possession, but you're able to bind the spirit within your own mind and lock him away in a cage that you've constructed within your consciousness. And all of that happens before you land on the bloody cobblestones of this Waterdeep Street. So Doran will do all that cool uh, druid stuff and then land, and then one of his lazy eyes will look at the party and kind of look down. <laughs> He'll go, <laughs> Ledger will see that and fall over and pass out. <laughs> oh, no. Does that mean I can talk to the thing? Can Doran talk to the thing? Yes. You can oh. communicate with this spirit in your mind. This We're is need more Naruto every day. By the way, twenty years of Dungeons and Dragons. This is the first time a player has ever eaten a ghost. <laughs> I love it. I, it's definitely the first time I've tried to do that. Yeah, neat. This is neat, you guys. Now um, back to the the uh, corporeal world. Katra, you've you've helped save these people that you recognized from your trip out to Waterdeep Isle, um, and you notice as you're looking at them, and as you're looking at the the beast that you've just 
assisted in slain, you see a brand on one of the hunks of meat that matches the brand on products that have been coming into the uh, Waterdeep Harbor. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so Catra will go up and kind of look at it, probably edge her way between the meat hunk and Celine from picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she'll kind of point at it and um, she'll say, oh, there's been, uh, there's been a lot of this coming through the docks. Uh, there's been uh, some increased activity uh, from some goods being brought in from Thay. Did you say Thay? I sure did. <laughs> you betcha. Jason, the player, knows about Thay. Does Max, the goblin detective, know about Thay? I think everyone... What would you, what would you like me to Yeah, with? everyone would have a passing familiarity with Thay. I think everyone has at one time or another... Dealt, like Thay is like the North Korea of Faerun, right? Like they, they they know that it is out there as a threat, but depending on how keyed in you are on world history and general politics and knowledge, you wouldn't necessarily know specifically why and how. So let's do this. Everyone can choose a history or religion. History or religion check. Uh, Max is going to choose history. That's a 16 on the dice, so that's a 19 total for Max. Celine is going to choose history. That's 12 plus 5 is 17. Ledger, I want to point out you're still unconscious and everyone <laughs> is more fascinated with this chunk of meat than they are... <laughs> You having passed out. So, Catra, go ahead. Roll your history or religion check. Uh, well, they are both minus one. So. <laughs> uh, and I rolled a nat one. <laughs> so I know nothing, ironically, seeing as how I pointed it out. <laughs> You're the one telling us about it. I, I feel like you know the thing. You just said the thing that you said because someone said it to you word for word. <laughs> Absolutely. And you just parroted it back. And you're just really thankful that you didn't say that the goods were brought in from like thunk or something <laughs> like that, where it everyone is like, wait, what? Where did that come from? Catra's <clears> so <throat> nervous that she's sweating, so she uses her beard to pat the perspiration <laughs> away. <laughs> <laughs> At this oh point, she's God. probably second... With, with Max's reaction, she's probably second-guessing whether or not she said the right place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um, Max and Celine, you guys both know actually quite a bit about Thay. Um, not a ton. Uh, you've never been there, obviously. Um, but you do know that Thay is um, one of the more significant risks on Faerun, or one of the more significant potential risks on uh, Faerun, and that um, uh, liches have come out of there, uh, other undead threats have come out of Thay, that it's this, you know, sort of arcane, it's ruled by wizards and scary magic, and it, you know... They're very nefarious. Lots of scheming goes on there. Uh, so you know that when you hear it, especially in a context like this, like these goods are being smuggled in from Thay, that that is 
a concerning revelation. Yeah, we should um, we should figure out who's bringing these in because that's this is a concerning revelation. <laughs> um, and somebody check on uh, Ledger. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dorn, Dorn will hop out of toad mode and, and throw a healing <laughs> toad word. Toad mode! Catcher will hover, a, hover, hover some I'll ale about a healing word there. <laughs> yes, toad mode. <laughs> toad mode. You guys, we would have the best D&D cartoon show. Yes. We really, like, I'm, I'm imagining, like... Yeah, transformation yeah. scenes for Doran where he's getting ready to go into fight and he's like, Toad mode! And then flashing background. It's like a Sailor Moon. Yeah, a oh, Sailor geez. Moon style thing. But with like a tiny a little... power of Toad! A tiny little <laughs> naked gnome that transforms into derpy animals. <laughs> That's a seven, by the way. At the very end of the transformation. <laughs> <laughs> All the sparkles and mystical ribbons. <clears throat> you healed Ledger for seven? Yeah. I made okay. a new friend, guys. He's coming to. He wasn't actually near death. It's more that this was also shocking. And usually when things like this happen, he just goes into a rage. But he didn't have any more of that in him. So he's just very overwhelmed to the point where he just kind of shut down. Um, Celine also gave you another seven to heal. Thank you. Now, Brad, when you cast your healing spell, you feel sort of in the back of your head like an itch, an itch inside of your brain. And you can hear a voice, a voice almost at like the end of a very long tunnel or a very long hallway or at the bottom of a well or something like that, where this voice from seemingly far away and as if they are waking up says, where am I? Is it a friendly voice? No. Oh. (laughs) Is it the voice of the bartender? Yes. Ooh. Dorn looks really happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, Brad, roll a perception check for me. Uh, twelve total. You see that some of the pieces of meat on the street around you exhibit signs of the corruption. Okay, so Dorn will go, "Wow!" and he'll run over and pick one up and investigate it. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Roll a nature check. 24, 18 on the dice. The the corruption, these branching, uh, I don't want to say stereotypical, but tropish, very tropish, branching black lines that seem to be invading the the meat of the the creature, um, you're able to identify as fungal. But unlike any fungus that you've ever seen in the forest, you're used to these funguses that consume the dead or the rotting. Uh, but this not only is is consuming the uh, living flesh, but also seems to have attained some sort of homeostasis with it. It's no longer consuming it. It has almost established itself within it and seems to be just sustaining itself there. Like it's trying to take over? Almost. 
Yeah. So more symbiotic or more invasive? Definitely invasive. It's very Last of Us. Like it, it hasn't. It's not consuming its host in totality, uh, but it is uh, feeding off of its host. Parasitic. Yep. Like a parasitic fungus. Mm. Yeah. Is Dorian able to communicate with? Uh, what's the bartender's name? I can't remember. I don't think we got a name. What's his rich backstory? You you will have to try to ask him. Okay, hello. Hey, buddy, check out this fungus. It's really cool. Inside his head. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he say it out loud, too. <laughs> say it out loud, too. Whatever. Yeah. He's Doran. <laughs> On the streets, Max sidles up next to Celine. He's finally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so inside your head, you're you're trying to get him. So the the voice responds in, like, this panic absolutely terrified who was that who who are you what are you what are you talking about oh it's me doran you're in my head oh my god i love it so much um <laughs> doran who's doran what do you mean i'm in your head well uh uh we beat your weird flesh guy uh and then well i, I ate your soul and now you're in my head. <laughs> your soul. <laughs> okay, we're going to let that one go for just a minute. And we'll jump back to... I'm crying a little I think, bit I think right he's probably now. also saying that out loud, though, too. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, Max, Celine, the re- the the recovered Ledger, and Catra. Dor- Doran's eyes glaze over. He's staring off into the distance, and you're hearing him <laughs> say these things to seemingly no one. And you were afraid of Celine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did we see him jump up and swallow the ghost? Yes, you did. Because I did. Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. So, so it, uh, roll, go ahead and roll insight. All of you, roll insight real quick. Oh, that's a tw- that is a twenty-four for Max. That's a seventeen on the dice plus seven. That's a twelve for Catra. <laughs> Twenty for Ledger. Celine got a nineteen. Okay, so Catra, you don't you you aren't putting two and two together with the ghost, but you're also not scared. You you figure you've been around adventurers enough. You're just like, oh, this is an adventurer thing. Oh yeah, she's already sidled back up to that cask. Yeah. <laughs> You've got more important things to worry about. Um, uh, The rest of you are amazingly able to just put it together and be like, he's talking to that ghost that he ate. (laughs) (laughs) Ledger gathers up his sword that he had dropped and sort of uh, walks over to Ketra and asks, "How, how is it? How did how did you do that thing with the electricity? I've never seen anyone else ever do that. Oh, uh with the storm? Uh when you're a sailor out on the seas as long as I have been, you pick up a, a thing or two. Huh. And he just sort of has this weird look of self reflection. He also picked that up while out in the seas, but um Ledger was struck by lightning as part of the experience and so he's trying to figure out what all of this means but not really saying any of that out loud wait you can do that <laughs> <laughs> you don't need Doran 
to say your entire inner monologue out loud. The best hashtag inside thoughts. <laughs> Let's use our inside thoughts. I love the idea that even even locking away a ghost inside his own head isn't enough to force Doran to have an inner monologue. <laughs> his portion of that conversation has to be out in front of everyone. It's all that wisdom he has. Uh, Max, Celine, how are you guys handling all of this? Well, um, Max is interested in what Dorn is going to find out from this ghost. So um, Max is more paying attention to that conversation as it happens. But um, yeah, that's where that's where Max is at. Celine is half listening to Doran because uh, she knew that she, he already swallowed a ghost, so she's less interested in that at this point. She's poking at some of the bits of flesh to see if there's anything that's like good to take back for Skitter. Max, I'm pretty close to having you roll like a constitution save. <laughs> Let's just do that right like, now. Like, not just Celine, but Doran also... Doran is talking to a ghost in his head. Celine is poking at flesh on the ground. You're, that's a five plus two, so that's a seven for Max. You're, you're forced to rely on, we can be honest, your worst interrogator to interrogate the ghost of, <laughs> of an enemy <laughs> while Celine picks oh. her way through the uh, detritus left by hacking apart a flesh golem. Hold on. I've been working this out. Um, the hashtag is ghostterrogation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ghostterrogation. Oh, Dorn has this all wrong. He wasn't planning on interrogating. He was just going to be his friend. <laughs> That might work. Let's see. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Let's run this down. So everyone advantage because it's in his head. Good cop, bad cop. Here we go. So Max and uh, Catra leaning against the ale bucket. Uh, Ledger sort of licking his wounds. Um, Celine picking her way through the bits and pieces left behind of the flesh golem. Um, and. Doran interrogating a ghost. Brad, uh, so you've got this itch, this tickle in the back of your head. You're communicating with the ghost of the bartender. Yeah, Doran's just trying to show him the flesh of the corruption. Okay. Because he thinks it's interesting. Um, well, look at this. That's pretty cool, right? Can the ghost see through Doran's eyes? Yeah. Roll. Let me think here. Roll a soul check. <laughs> He's not trying to give him, like, control or anything, but just... Roll an insight check. With advantage. So, 14. 14. Okay. So, the reason I gave you advantage is because you, as a druid, are used to becoming other things. Which means your headspace is more flexible than the average person's psyche. So you you think you feel a way that you can give this guy sight through your eyes. Perfect. Dorn will do that immediately. <laughs> so you do that, uh, and you feel this presence in your mind is shocked uh, by the, the, the fact that he can now see. You realize that he was previously basically existing in darkness. 
um, and now he has sight. And he looks down at the, the thing that you're holding, the chunk of meat, and he says, no, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Uh, they, the, the, the carts, they just brought the bodies and we used the bodies to build the, the golem. That was it. We didn't, I don't know what that is. You were in there just like a second ago. I don't know what it is. I, I was in there. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it works or I just know that it looks like I, I can't, I can't tell you anything more. Let me out. You have to let me out. What's your name, friend? <laughs> Please tell me his name is Casper. Too good. That's too good. His name is Casper. Uh, no. <laughs> but he's not a friendly ghost. That's too I was good. Gonna say that makes him friendly, right? <laughs> yeah. Doran's head. <laughs> you feel you feel the presence. He's uh, he's like on the edge. He's barely holding it together. But he says, "Casper, my name is Casper." Well, Casper, buddy. I know it's a little bit weird. But we're going to be buddies for a while. Brad, there's... I feel like Doran is taking kind of a dark turn now. Like, if you said yeah, that just... Like, this is so unnatural yeah, for him. If you said just that just a little bit differently, it's an entirely we're different... We're going to be buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be buddies now. We're going to yes. be real good pals. Welcome to my head. <laughs> I hope it's not a bad thing that he is letting one of the bad guys see through his eyes as we go back to the office. He can turn it off. Doran likes to make friends, and this guy needs a friend really badly. Yes, he does. That's the way I see it. And if there's a way... His body's dead, right? There's no <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's his, for this his guy body to go. is dead. We're going to be buddies for a while. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Oh, Doran. no. You feel the the terror in Casper start to well up a little bit, and he says, "Buddies, yeah, yeah, we can be buddies." Doran's gonna be like, "Whoa, whoa, hey, buddy, hey, whoa, hey, no need to be scared. We're gonna have meat pies. We're gonna hang out and do investigations. It's gonna be a great time. We're gonna have fun." I can't get over the image in my head of this guy chained up in Doran's basement. He's not physically chained up. Nope. Just mentally. You've, <laughs> you've bound his consciousness within your own. Besides, where are you going to go? I can't get like the image out of my head of like the theatrical of like this thing seen through Doran's eyes and like the landscape being completely different than what's <laughs> actually out there. Okay. It's like happy o vision. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the detectives no. are all Muppets. They're all Muppet <laughs> versions of themselves. Like like legit, the way Doran sees it, though, is that if he releases him, the guy's just going to the afterlife. He's dead. So he's, he's, he's like, I'm going to keep this guy alive and help him have a better aspect on life. Okay, great. That you is know, it's not, so It's scary. not the creepy chained up in the basement. It's like rehabilitation. Does the ghost get that, though? Like, would, would the ghost have an insight check on that? Oh, doubtful. He, the ghost actually does start to calm down a little bit. <laughs> Doran, you get the idea that possibly just by being within you, by sharing your psyche, and by having you be the dominant presence in the psyche, he's understanding you. He's beginning to... He's seeing through your eyes. I, I just, I can't wait to have conversations with this guy <laughs> while I'm having conversations with everybody else. Casper, <laughs> Max, what do you think about that? Uh, what? <laughs> what? 
Like he's going to ask him for advice and stuff. What do you think, Casper? Giant toad or giant wolf? <laughs> All right. So, so since Doran never interrogates anybody the way you're supposed to, um, he's going to interrogate. He's going to say, "All right, buddy. Well, now we're linked together. So, if there's anything you got to tell me that's threatening me or my friends, you should let it out now." Roll a persuasion check with advantage. I feel like you get advantage if someone lives in your head. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's uh, 16 on the die. Persuasion plus zero, so 16. So he, you feel him realize that you're probably right. He has never been in this situation before where he's been imprisoned in someone else's mind. That's a harsh term. (laughs) Well... Uh, Can you say guest? It walks like a duck <laughs> and is jailed in a mind prison like Trapped a duck. In a head. I'm gonna, He's a guest. Yeah, a, a forced guest. Um, a compulsory guest. Yeah, compulsory <laughs> guest. That's what I like. Uh, so he, he makes that realization. He decides that you're right. Uh, and he says... Look, you have to get out of the city, okay? I'm, I'm not even a high priest. I'm like a middle priest... And if the if the higher ups get notice of you, and if they get sent after you, you're going to be dealing with a lot more than a flesh golem. So you and your friends, and with me inside your head, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of Waterdeep. We need to start running and not stop. So when he starts talking like that, Dorn is actually going to use minor illusion to copy his voice and speaker phone him. Oh god! To the rest of the party. <laughs> That, yeah, that answer gets put out to everyone. Everyone hears that. Flee, run away. Um, who, what are you a priest of? Doran, what? A, Doran, what? And B, (laughs) (laughs) priest of, priest of what? Doran will uh, give Casper access to his auditory as well to facilitate communication. Well, when I ate his soul, I got a new friend and... Now he's kind of stuck. <laughs> what? Celine <laughs> stops poking at the flesh and is like, "Wait, uh, friend, uh, Doran? Yes, Casper, the uh, ghost. You ate the spirit of the bartender that was possessing this golem. You said catch it. I, no, I, I, I understand that part, but." <laughs> Why is... Well, okay, all right. So he tried to take Uh over. So I turned it around, and I made him a compulsory guest. (laughs) (laughs) You mean prisoner, Doran. (laughs) Prisoner. Uh, This is exciting. You somehow (laughs) trapped a ghost in your mind. Um, cool. But he can hear Uh, you, and and he can talk to you. Let's get back to the other question. Priest of what? Um, the voice inside Doran's head, the bartender, Casper, uh, says through Doran and through the uh, minor illusion that is causing his voice to be heard by everyone. Eternal Dawn. I'm a, I'm a, a mid-level priest in the Eternal Dawn. And what is the Eternal Dawn? The voice says, We're trying to kill Kalimbor. Hello, everyone. It's Jason, your producer. Thank you for listening to episode five of season three, Cold Case, the one where Doran eats a spirit. 
Uh, as we progress through our current world situation, it's always nice to have some good distractions, and we really hope that we can be that for you on a bi-monthly basis. So again, thank you for tuning into the show. As always, I would like to say thank you to Tabletop Audio for providing the soundtrack to our show. We used Tim's brand new tracks, Thieves Guild and Biodome, while Doran was dealing with Casper, and I really like the way it fits. So yeah, huge thanks to Tabletop Audio for always allowing us to use their work. If you need anything for Tabletop Gaming or just some 10-minute loops to read to, check them out at tabletopaudio.com. Everything there is free to use, and if you are able to chip in, you can join their Patreon. We are members, and we use a ton of alternate tracks that supporters have access to. So again, that's tabletopaudio.com. I also need to say thank you to our first sponsor. Our show hosting is provided by bugbearbubbles.com. My buddy Kat has been making the world-famous gelatinous cube soap, and you can make it every time you wash your hands an adventure at bugbearbubbles.com. She just restocked on her goodberry soap, and I'm excited to get mine in the mail soon so check them out bugbearbubbles.com and let her know that you came from the show because that would be cool finally i would like to say a huge thank you to my buddy our friend kj for joining us on the show playing catra jade buckle the character from last season that uh, she now actually gets to play because she helped build that character last year. And it's uh, really cool to have her on the show. I'm glad that she got to be part of this nonsense. So huge thank you to KJ and thank you to you for listening. It's always a pleasure being part of your podcast rotation and we hope that you enjoy the show. If you do, please give us a rating and review and share us with your friends. We're on all the different podcast sites and we would love to get more listeners thanks to your reviews. That's it for us this week. Thanks again for listening, and tune in next time for more mystery. I mean, I'll I, summon I think, one. Crappy puns. Crappy fit. puns are Sam's <laughs> or uh, uh, Jason's job. <laughs> Fletch. It's all of us. It is. It is. Real quick question: Did yeah. you say it was dropping flesh as it was running? No, I didn't. Okay. Settle down. No, I don't. I don't think he did. Settle Settle down. Down. I don't think he did. Fully oh, no. prepared to pick that up. I know. I, just a piece. I could just, just uh, hear. Was, I could <laughs> hear the anticipation in her voice as she asked that. Surely Ledger knocked some loose when making those attacks. He may have, but don't call me Shirley. Um, so nothing. That's my Nothing. favorite joke no. of all time, you guys. And I know, that's, the that's only why I'm not time, giving it to you. I've that's seen the, airplane. That is the only time in my life I've been able to use that in, like, organic conversation. <laughs> and nothing. I'm so disappointed in all of you. I cringed physically, but not audibly. <laughs> the audience will appreciate it for us. Yeah, I can't wait to add those crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I'll listen to them with pride. That is a classic joke. You're all monsters. Okay. Uh, Ledger, go ahead and roll your initiative. Like clacking two T-bone steaks together. We all know what that sounds like. Gross. I think everyone does. That's why I used the, uh, the analogy. Yeah. Who hasn't just slapped two T-bone steaks together before? That's how you can tell if they're good. Uh.